Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. And as excited as I am to get to the baptism, I'm excited about this lesson too. Praise God. So we'll get, uh, we'll do this first. But we've been uh, uh, talking in the last few Thursdays uh, about um, intimidation, about our place in God, about how when, when we allow intimidation to uh, overpower us and influence us, then it, uh, it keeps us back from what God wants us to, uh, to do. And so it's all based on a book called Breaking Intimidation by John Bevere. And uh, it's a good book, amen, and I'm excited to, uh, that we're going to be uh, sharing some more lessons. And he's got several uh, things that, that he covers about actual breaking of intimidation. So this is just going to be breaking intimidation part one, because uh, we're going to um, get to it, amen, and see him, uh, God, work in our lives, uh, because when we're free of intimidation, free of fear, free of what, what fear causes, we can, we can be free to be all what God wants us to be. Amen. And John Bevere actually has this quote. He said, the goal of intimidation is to make us give up our authority, thereby rendering our gifts inoperative. We are then reduced to operating in our own limited strength and ability. This usually changes our position from offensive to defensive. Then, aware that we are vulnerable, we further retreat to what is comfortable and safe. So we don't want to just be on the defensive. Amen. As Christians, we want to be on the offensive. Amen. We want to be able to use the gifts God has given us and be all that he has for us to be. So fear uh, is another way of saying timidity, and timidity is another way of saying intimidation. So how... Do we begin to break the spirit of intimidation in our life? And one of the ways is with boldness, with boldness. And boldness is assurance, it's confidence, and it's even outspokenness. Amen. Now, we're not talking about just boldness in and of itself. Kind of like when we talk about faith, if we have just faith in faith, that faith is not going to be have any depth to it, and we're not going to get anywhere. If our faith is in God, then that's going to be strong faith. And if our boldness comes from God, then that's going to be strong boldness. Because boldness that's not grounded in God's virtue, and it's not grounded in God's power, that's shallow boldness. Uh, and it will be exposed at some point when the storms of life come our way. But we need boldness based in God. Amen based in the wonderful things that God gives us. Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So the spirit of fear, the spirit of intimidation does not come from God. Rather, he gives us power, love, and a sound mind. And this is what our boldness can be based on. His power, his love, and a sound mind. A sound mind is is uh, is instead of having a mind that's confused, a mind 
that is worried, a mind that is fearful, when we have a sound mind that's thinking clearly, we're going to be able to be bold. Proverbs 28.1 said, the righteous are bold as a lion. Amen. Now, now Jesus was referred to as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. So the righteous, talk about the people that serving God, they can be bold as a lion. Not in, they're not in their own righteousness, but they, they trust in the righteousness of their heavenly father. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah, and we are his children, so we can be bold as lions. Amen. Now, the church began in the book of Acts in the New Testament, the fifth book of the Bible, a fifth book of the New Testament, and it's the only history book of the New Testament where they actually showed and recorded what happened when the church began and how it grew and what happened and the miracles and salvation and all that stuff. And early on, Peter and John were out. They were two of the 12 original apostles of Jesus, and they were preaching in his name, and uh, they got called on the carpet by the Jewish leadership, and they were told, you don't, you're not supposed to preach in his name anymore. We don't want you doing that anymore because you're trying, you're causing a lot of grief and all that kind of stuff. And they said, hey, we're going to do what God wants us to do. We're not going to do what man wants us to do. And so uh, when they, they just told those guys, hey, you, you can tell us all day long, but we're still going to preach in Jesus' name. We're still going to go out and tell people about the Lord and he died for us and it's salvation's for everybody. And so they didn't know what to do with these guys. And when, and the Bible said in Acts 4, 13, now when they, talking about these Jewish leaders, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, they were amazed, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. So... When you are with Jesus, amen, when you walk with him, when, you're, when you pray and talk to him and get in his word and come to his house, amen, it gives you that boldness. They said, these guys are uneducated. These guys are untrained. And look, what's, look what they're doing. They're speaking eloquently. They're doing great works for their God. And they realized it, it had to be that they had been with Jesus, amen. And so when we're with Jesus, we can be we can be bold as well, and one sure way to get boldness is to ask God for it in prayer. Acts chapter four, the same chapter, a little bit later, uh, they they began a prayer to God, uh, the disciples, and they said in verse twenty nine, and now Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. So they asked for boldness, and after they prayed, they spoke with boldness. You see, you get what you ask for, and that's why if you have not, uh, it's because maybe we ask not. We need to ask. Amen. We need to seek. We need to knock. And God will answer. Amen. Now, David, he wrote in one of his Psalms in chapter 27, verse 1, he said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David had a walk with God and he was called the man after God's own heart. And because of this, he had boldness. Even at a young age, he, he had boldness beyond his years, beyond his wisdom and his experience. And we find that there was a time when Israel was uh, facing the army of the Philistines and they were one on each side of a valley and the army of Israel were over here and the army of the Philistines were over here and there's a big empty valley in between and usually they would just go at it and everybody's fighting everybody and whoever wins, wins. Amen. But at this particular time, what happened was in three of David's older brothers, David was the seventh son of Jesse and uh, at this time he was only about 17 years old. And he, he was the one that was keeping his father's sheep. And uh, he was kind of relegated out to the, 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 the pasture and taking care of the sheep. And his three older brothers went to the war. So they were on the war front at that, on that, uh, that time. Amen. And so day one, what happened was Goliath, who was nine or ten feet tall, a big warrior guy who nobody liked to mess with, he comes stomping out and the ground's almost shaking. He's so big. And he stomps out from the Philistine side and he said, you know what? Let's just make this easy. I am going to be representing the Philistines and you guys get your best man over here and we'll just do a one-on-one -on -one fight. Whoever wins that one-on-one, -on -one, that means the war is over and uh, the other side is going to have to retreat and to surrender to the side that won. Amen. And, and uh, the, from day one, nobody took him up on it. I mean, he just went out, he went out in the morning, the Bible said, and he went out before the sunset twice a day. He went out and said, come on, give me a man. Come on, give me your best man and let's fight. And you know what? One day, two days, one week, 40 days, twice a day, this big old guy came out and he was threatening them. He was saying, you guys are a joke. He was making fun of their, of God and everything. And, and about this time, about that, that 40 days, uh, David's dad said, you know what? I want to hear some news from the war front. You know, they didn't have, you know, newspapers and all that stuff back then. So he sent David with some provisions to his, for his older three brothers and uh, said, hey, you know, find out what's going on and bring back the news. So when he got there, he got there and Goliath was walking out and he thought this was day one. He was all excited. Maybe my oldest brother, Eliab, maybe he's going to go out. Woo, this is going to be great. Wow, what timing. And he just saw all of his brothers and everybody was shaking like a leaf. Their knees were knocking. You know, they were hiding behind the rocks and he just could, he couldn't believe it. He said, this guy is defying the armies of Israel and God of Israel. And what are you guys doing? And so he was shocked that not one, nobody, not even King Saul, who was head and shoulders above everyone else, came and took the challenge. So the spirit of intimidation began to work on this 17-year-old boy, first with his oldest brother, Eliab, then through King Saul, and then through uh, Goliath himself. Because David said, what are you guys doing? Let's go. Let's get out here. What's, you know? And here's this 17-year-old kid that's telling his older brother and all these soldiers, hey, come on, get out there. What are you guys doing? We can beat them. We got a God. We got them. You know, he was this, you know, he knew God. He had a close relationship with God. 
And then his oldest brother said, hey, who'd you leave a few sheep with? You know, what are you doing? You snuck over here? You know, no, dad sent me over here. Oh, yeah, sure. You just came over here to get in our business. Why don't you shut up and get out of here? And he tried to intimidate him. You know, he tried to. He goes, you need to be scared like all of us. Here, jump behind this rock and start shaking your knees like we are. And, and it's, it's something because the, the, the intimidation of people, when somebody's intimidated and they don't want to break intimidation, you know what they do sometimes? You know what they, they uh, try to get somebody else into the intimidation. Amen. So David, you join my intimidation instead of breaking free. Amen. Because they, they want to try to control you. You either get out of here or join our intimidation, but we're not going to have you, you know, trying to break our intimidation. We're afraid. We're scared. Look at him. He's 10 feet tall. You better be scared too. And so he was trying to join them in. And some people are like that in life. They don't want to do what it takes to be free of intimidation. So then they're going to try to put the guilt trip on you and, and you, hey, join our pity party over here. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. And so he got rid of that one and he got through and he, he just said, okay, forget, I'm done with all you guys. He went right to the king's tent and he opened up and the king knew who he was. And he said, okay, king, let me tell you something right now. I will go fight this guy. None of your guys are going to go. And he goes, no, easy now. This guy is nine feet tall. He is a warrior, an experienced warrior. You don't want to do that. You do not want to do that. And, uh, he, from his youth, he goes, you are but a youth. You are an inexperienced 17 year old and he's going to mop the floor with you. You're going to, it's a suicide mission. You better not even go out there. You don't stand a chance against the giant. So thanks for the intimidation, King. Thanks for the vote of confidence. But you know what David did? He had a relationship with God. He knew his God. And he see, when he was taking care of his father's sheep, even though the older brother said, yeah, that's a menial task. And, and uh, we used to have to do that when we were younger. But now you're the, the little brat of the family, number seven, and you can be out there taking care of the sheep. But he took it seriously and he took care of those sheep and he did a good job. In fact, one time a bear came out to try to get at one of the sheep and he killed that bear with his slingshot. And then another time a lion came out and tried to kill, take one of those sheep and he killed that lion, amen, with a, a slingshot that he got good at while he was practicing. And of course, he had the Lord on his side. And so he told the king, he said, king, you know, because the king's trying to intimidate him and trying to shut him down and say, you know what, just get out of here. You're, you know, I'm trying to help you out and, you know, let you live a little longer. You don't want to go out there. Let me tell you something. I know this guy. And he said, you know what, king? He said, the Lord helped me kill a bear one time and the Lord helped me kill a lion one time. And this Philistine is no different. It's just another enemy. Amen. And God's going to help me. Praise God. And the king said, okay, go ahead. You know, that's a, yeah, it's your deal. And so he had his slingshot, and on the way out of the tent, he grabs five smooth stones and put them in his little pouch and uh, from the river bank, and he starts heading out there. And, uh, and now, now, now the intimidation of Goliath, one of the biggest intimidations of all because he's 10 feet tall almost. You know, his, 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 his spear handle's like two inches thick, 
Amen. And, uh, you know, the, the end of it weighs like 60 pounds. Uh, you talk about, have, have you ever had a, even a 10 pound sledgehammer and you messed with that a little while? You're going to, you know, need some Bengay and some, you know, and somebody to rub your shoulders. Uh, but this is a 60 pound spearhead with a two inch wood shaft. His, his shield was like 200 pounds and he had a huge sword and his coat of mail, his, his, um, Armor, you know, weighed hundreds of pounds. And, uh, and he was just moving around like he was a, like he was a cat or a lion. And he, he just was biting, chomping at the bit. And he sees this little kid running out after him with a little slingshot. Boy, was he offended. He goes, you gotta be kidding me. You're sending me this little brat. And when you guys, I see some good guys over there that could come. Oh man, he was so upset. He said, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And he cursed David by his gods. The Bible said, amen, praise God. And instead of giving in to the spirit of intimidation by his brother, by the king, and now by Goliath, the enemy, amen. David chose to have faith in God and his power. Amen. David chose boldness. Boldness is how we break intimidation. Boldness in the knowledge that you know that God can do it. David looked intimidation in the face and defeated it because he trusted in the name of the Lord of hosts and in the God of the armies of Israel. And, and, and Goliath, he said, he goes, boy, he said, I am going to mop the floor. I am going to feed. I'm going to use you as a little toothpick. I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And you are going to be gone in two seconds. And then he said, amen. He said, you come to me with sword and spear and, and shield. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he gets, he pulls out one of those rocks. Amen. I used to do these Bible stories with my kids before they went to bed, before bedtime prayers. I would do a Bible study and I'd grab one of their little purses with the strap and it was a sling and I would go like that. Amen. And I would like that. And then I would tell them, and that rock, it went strong and it went fast and God put a turbocharged motor power on that rock and it hit the giant right in the forehead. And then I would act like Goliath. Amen. I would be David in one minute with the person. Then I would be Goliath. And I would do all the sound effects. Go, poof. And then I would go, oh, oh. And then I would fall face first on the floor between their beds. Amen. But I wasn't dead. And the giant wasn't dead. He was just knocked cold out unconscious. Amen. And David, that 17-year-old kid, picked up the sword that weighed as much as he weighed. Amen. Picked up Goliath's sword because David didn't have a sword. All he had was a sling. Amen. Saul offered him all his armor and his spear and sword. He said, no, I never used that before. I'm going to use what God has helped me use. I'm going to use the gifts that God has given me. And I know they work. Amen. And he picked up, uh, amen, that giant sword, and he was probably going like this, and he, man, I can't, this is a heavy sword. And he chopped the giant's head off while he was unconscious. Because when your enemy's down, when the enemy of your soul is down, you don't just want to knock him out because he's going to wake up, and he's going to have a big old goose head, and he's going to be upset. And he's going to come back after you. And it's going to be all over again. And you're going to have to fight him again. you got to take him out completely. 
Amen. In the spirit, with boldness. Amen. And I know this is a little graphic, but this is what the Bible said. And David picked up the head of the giant and he first showed it to the Philistines and they went gulp. And then he showed it to the Israelites and all of a sudden their knees stopped knocking and they all of a sudden got, you know, all right, we're fired up now. Amen. And they ran across the valley and they defeated the Philistines. Oh, because David wouldn't be intimidated. One person can make a difference for a lot of people. Praise God. And the Bible said, Hebrews 13, 5 said, He Himself, talking about God, He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what can man do to me. Amen. So God promised that He would always be with us. He's a very present help in time of trouble. And because of this, we do not need to fear. We do not need to give in to intimidation. If God is for us, who can be against us? He said, what can man do to me? Amen. God's going to be with me, even though it doesn't look good sometimes. Amen. It turns out okay when I'm walking with God and I don't let intimidation win out in the day. Because here's what intimidation does. It affects our confidence. See, our confidence either rests in what God has said or it is what we see and experience. Are we going to let what we see and experience, amen, intimidate us? Or are we going to say, hey, God can do it no matter what that mountain looks like, no matter what that situation is. Amen. Because if we measure everything by what has happened in our past, then we'll never grow beyond our past. Amen. Yeah, we might have blown it last, last the, back in the back there in the past. Uh, amen. We might have we might have done this or done that. We might have come up short. We might have allowed fear to, to shut us down. Amen. But that doesn't mean that we can't change it today and tomorrow. Praise God. I need to grow beyond my past, and I'm going to do that by breaking intimidation in my life. Because we cannot base our belief in what we see happen to others either. Oh, look at what happened to them. Oh, that's going to happen to me. Oh, my goodness. They, I thought they were, they, they were a way powerful and more stronger Christian than I am. Oh, my goodness. If they couldn't do it, I can't do it. No, don't say that. Amen. Everybody stands on their own feet with God. It's not their experience. We don't compare ourselves with others. That's not a wise thing to do. Amen. Because these things, when we give into. Intimidation can complicate our faith and make it much more complex than it needs to be. Complex faith binds up and weighs us down and hinders our faith because we sometimes make faith into something that's so difficult and so mysterious. Oh, you have faith? Oh, can I touch you and get some of that? I don't know who. I mean, it's all like, you know. Oh, faith doesn't have to be that hard. Yeah, it's mysterious faith. Faith, faith. No. We need simple faith. Faith is simple. Amen. And you know what the simplest definition of faith is? It's believing God will do exactly what he said he will do. Amen. That's it. We read it and we believe it. 
That sounds so simple. You're so simple to believe that. You, you tell me you're just going to read that and just go out and believe it and expect it to happen? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Because that's what God wants. God is just looking for somebody to believe him. He just wants someone to believe him. And because he, he knows that that's what unlocks the power of God. Amen. When people came to Jesus in the Bible and they asked him for help for whatever, for healing or for this or for that, to, for their children. Amen. He would always ask them, do you believe I can do this? Amen. And if they answered in the affirmative, okay, here it comes. It's going to happen. Amen. The key to simple faith and yet powerful faith is just believing what Jesus said, what God said. And I close with this passage of scripture. Mark chapter 9, 22. A father had a demon-possessed son. I don't know how long. He, he just said he's been a long time in this condition. Somehow this, this, this uh, young man allowed some things to get in his life and his heart, and now it was a tough situation. And, uh, the, and he even went to his, the disciples to try to cast him out, and it wouldn't happen. And he said, you know, I'm about ready to give up. I've done everything, but I'm coming to you, Jesus. Amen. And he said in verse 22 to Jesus, he said, but you can do anything. Have compassion on us and help us. See, he used the word if. You don't use the word if with Jesus. Amen. So Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. There again, he answered that. He answered his if with another if. Amen. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You see, we don't always have pure belief, right? We don't always have pure faith because sometimes doubt is right up in the face of faith trying to say, trying to short circuit it, trying to shut it down, trying to not make it as effective as it can be. Amen. And that's, uh, that's okay because we're not perfect. Sometimes we do struggle with faith and doubt at the same time. And that's what this father did. He said, I want to believe you. Believe me, I want to believe you. But he's been so long this way. And, and even your disciples couldn't do it. And that kind of threw me off too. Amen. So he said, you know what? Lord, I believe. Help mine unbelief. Amen. There again, ask God. We ask God for boldness and we ask God to help our faith be unshackled. Help my unbelief. Take away my doubt and let my son be delivered. Because doubt, fear, intimidation, and worrying about what others think complicates our faith and renders it ineffective. Amen. Or very slightly effective. But he said, Lord, I believe. Everybody say, Lord, I believe. And say, help thou mine unbelief. Amen. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.